The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome into the studio someone I used to do a lot of work with in the hard shoulder, Josh Crosby. And at that time, I remember slagging him because he'd just fallen in love. And he was a Kerry man and he was kind of like a fish out of water living in Dublin. And I was slagging him about the in-laws over Christmas. And now I hear you've gone and got engaged. Yeah, you heard that on the grapevine, Ivan, did, did you? Yeah, so yeah. how many children do you have at this stage? No, no children yet, no children. I got enough grief off you at the time. It was before COVID and look, I, I took your advice on board and yeah, got down on well, one Well, I'm glad you still have a handy number and you're doing these reports for us. And yesterday it was the John F. Kennedy uh, 60 year anniversary of the Wexford thing. Today we're going to talk about the ambulance service in the southeast. You've got you to gotta bring news talk to the country if the country can't come to news talk. So really serious issue life and death issue how long you might have to wait you get a heart attack you're involved in a road traffic accident the speed of which the ambulance gets to you is critical so you've gone to the southeast josh uh, that'd be wexford waterford mm-hmm. all that kind of thing what, what made you look into this well, Ivan, I suppose I've been speaking with paramedics and ambulance drivers across the country, and this is a, a nationwide problem. Staff are being stretched, surviving on overtime is what I've been told, but even more severely in the southeast. And just for listeners who might not be aware, the personnel working in this area, they would cover a wide range of counties. So you've Wexford, Waterford, Carlow, Kilkenny, and depending on the calls they get and the nature of the service, an ambulance could leave for Waterford and end up in Dublin or even further afield. Call-outs will be dispatched to the nearest free ambulance and then they can just fall into a cycle of hopping and hopping from hospital to hospital and then have to return to base. But last Tuesday, personnel in the southeast received a text which stated that the area is at NASCAP level 3 Sorry, major. what's NASCAP? So it's the National Ambulance Services Crisis. At it's a kind of level rating. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. a panic or, you know, this we're is short of ambulances yeah. or whatever. And what yeah. it'll be across the whole country. Okay. So in the southeast, under three. And that's due to no short... And that, that what that is due to then, it leads to no shortage notice annual leave will be granted without authorization from an operations resource manager. So you can only imagine how a message like this is received. And of course, the crew... Especially this time of year, coming into the holiday time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And more people on the roads as well. But of course, the crews understand they are working in a pressured environment but still no one wants to be told you can't take your annual leave and look Ivan to get a real sense of this I met with those on the ground I met with Davy Ray he's a paramedic for the National Ambulance Service based in Wexford and he's a SIPTI representative for the service in Wexford he explains some of the factors that have led to this and says the fire at Wexford Hospital has added extra pressure in Wexford County at the moment, we have four stations. One in Wexford is the major one, one in New Ross, one in Gorey and one in Enniscorthy. In Wexford, we have 14 staff at the moment, working a 14-week roster. Why is this region feeling the pressure more so than other areas or counties around the country? Is it following the, the fire at Wexford Hospital and the pressure on existing services or is it down to staffing levels? It's probably down to both staffing levels and the fire in Wexford at the moment. All our patients that we collected prior to fire were brought to Wexford General. The majority of our patients now have been transported to either Waterford, Wexford or Kilkenny. It all depends on what part of the county you're in. Now that takes the Wexford ambulances out of the county because obviously they're going to a different county. But it also that means then that ambulances from outside the county 
have to backfill that space. So you could have, say, we're sitting down here now this morning in our Ladies Island and it's 15 miles from Wexford, but you might have an ambulance coming from Waterford or Kilkenny or Arklow maybe. It's the nearest ambulance coming down to you. So that's where the shortfall is and that's where the delays are. Now, the other side of it is the recruitment. At the moment, the ambulance service is actively recruiting. We've held, I should say, several expos in Wexford. And I'd just like to take this opportunity now to invite anybody that felt as if they'd like to come into the service, just without even for an interview, maybe just call in to see the station. Can you remember a situation like this in recent years or wait times? No. In COVID, we were under extreme pressure, but since the fire in Wexford General, like as far as staff are concerned, the pressure that's been on the staff is just horrendous. Like you've late finishes every morning, late finishes every evening, you're never guaranteed to finish on time. Okay, a number of issues there, the fire in Wexford, uh, staff shortages. Um, You also went uh, to Waterford. Now, uh, I'm very familiar over the years, like Matty Shanahan was elected a TD on the Ardkeen Hospital issue. Um, So you went to visit the the Waterford, the Dacia. Uh, How did you get on there? I did, Ivan. So communities there are feeling these delays as well. And people might think, sure, look, Ireland's oldest city, the urban centre of the southeast, if you like, things should be okay. One would expect there might be more service vehicles on the road, but that's not the case. It doesn't necessarily matter if you're near the hospital or not. As I mentioned, it all comes down to having an ambulance free in the area. And what is happening now at hospitals, which is not new, but can be seen at Waterford, is that you will have hospitals where ambulances are backed up, just backed up, waiting for the patient in them to be seen. So in turn, then, these are all out of action for that time. And someone living nearby will wonder, how did it take for so long for an ambulance to arrive? when I'm only living near the hospital without taking into account there's a backlog at the a es They've actually constructed an outdoor tent for an overflow waiting area at Waterford University Hospital and due to the demand on space we'll hear more about that shortly but Ivan it's not all bad news some people have had good experience where an ambulance does show up in good time I've been meeting with people outside Waterford University Hospital who are in there visiting friends and family to hear about their own experience We'll start off with Emma Now she says they don't live that far from the hospital only around 15 minutes but they needed the paramedics as her 90-year-old dad had collapsed and his mobility was also affected. So they needed the expertise of the paramedics to get him to hospital. When he was admitted, we had to call an ambulance at 5 to 6 and didn't come until half past 8. Now, to be fair to the ambulance service, they did ring back every half hour to check what he deteriorated and here he was. He was admitted, but when we got to um, UHW, the emergency department, we were probably waiting the ambulance outside for an hour and a half as well. He actually got into A&E, it was probably about 10 to 11. So So what, what do you do during that time when you ring at 6 and there's no one there till half 8? But what do you do? Just make him comfortable as we could and like I can't fault the ambulance services, they're doing their best. Like My mother's 91 and she was in severe pain at home. She only lives five minutes away. The ambulance was called, I think it was there within 10 minutes. 10 now, minutes? Now we're lucky we're yeah. close to the hospital. Maybe we're lucky, I don't know. Yeah, well, basically what happened was my wife had a very bad trip on Wexford Keys and we were just going for a walk and her face took the full brunt of the fall. She couldn't put her hands out to save herself. I was a bit shocked myself because I heard a wallop, which was fierce. She lay on the ground for a few seconds, but we then maintained that she should stay there. We rang for an ambulance. 30 minutes later, the ambulance still hadn't arrived. She was lying on the ground and luckily a local doctor came along and he was able to do all the tests and things like that. So basically what we did was thank God for him. We put her in the car and drove her to the hospital, blood pouring over. As it transpired now, the latest examination have confirmed that she's broken a bone in her spine. My husband got short of breathness. We rang and it was a quarter to one in the morning and the nearest ambulance I think was three quarters of an hour away. 
in Dungarvan, Waterford. They were great, they were brilliant. They found us, we were out in the country, so it was hard to find us, but they found us. They were on the phone to us the whole time, telling us, talking through the whole thing. Came in here at 11 o'clock Monday night, 10 o'clock, half nine or 10 o'clock Tuesday morning before we saw anyone. One o'clock the next morning before my wife got her bed. Now she's two days lying in the bed in, waiting for an x-ray. And they're talking about they have no beds. If they could x-ray her, she'd be gone home. Yeah, um, life and death issues here. Now, the fire in Wexford General Hospital, I remember as well, the upper floor went on fire, desperate for patients and staff and everybody. What impact has this had? So the fire broke out on March 1st and as we've been hearing from the paramedics and public, patients from Wexford are having to come to Waterford mainly but there is some light at the end of the tunnel and we have a date for the reopening of the ED in Wexford so it's set to be back ready for use on Tuesday the 25th of July just under a month away. But something that has frustrated many people in Waterford and that has been raising the doll is the amount of funding that's been allocated to Waterford University Hospital in comparison to other hospitals throughout the country. So Waterford TD Maddie Shannon put it to the Taoiseach earlier this month that in the HSE Capital Infrastructure Programme of 1.1 billion euro in spending, the government has given more than 90 million to hospitals in Dublin, 55 million to Cork, 54 million to Limerick, and 64 million to Galway. But how much is going to Waterford? Seven million. So you can see why this would annoy people in the southeast, especially when they've been put under such pressure. Now, the Taoiseach responded to this in the Dáil and said this is a matter he has asked his team to examine. On the fire in Wexford Hospital, to come back to that for a second, Ivan, I've been in touch with University Hospital Waterford and a spokesperson there told me it has experienced a 35% increase in daily emergency department attendances since the 1st of March, along with a 60% increase in the volume of ambulance arrivals. I met with independent councillor and former mayor of Waterford, Joe Kelly, to hear what constituents are bringing to him and he says the system is broken. It's so under pressure you just can never tell and it's pretty much a lottery. So the system really is not fit for purpose in my view. But another problem we have here as in other parts of the country uh, our ambulances pull in at the hospital and the A&E is over full so they can't take in the patients. So what happens is the ambulance paramedics can't uh, you know, dispatched their patient into the hospital because they can't receive them. So you effectively have another overflow emergency in the car park with patients inside three, four, five, six or whatever number of ambulances. There is the normal a which is too small anyway for the normal hospital. We now have a tent type system, a marquee outside where people now queue in the marquee and before that you would actually be out in the elements on a system that was already overworked so the whole thing is just starting to crumble in my view. And I believe that the staff themselves can start to suffer because of the strain, the pressure, the mental stress of what they're trying to deal with. It's barely surviving is how I would put it in my view. So what would you like to see being done now? Is it, is it down to staffing? Is it down to the structuring of rosters? I think staffing is certainly a part of it. But like a lot of the services in the state, as your listeners will know, we can't get enough Gardaí into the, the Gardaí corner. We can't get enough soldiers into the army. We can't get sailors into the navy. We can't get enough teachers into the schools. And this now is another symptom, I suppose, of almost societal breaking down. Now, I don't want to overstate that, but... There's serious pressures on every part of society. So we need more recruits into the paramedics and ambulance driver section. Salary pay conditions have a lot to play in that. So there's a number of steps needed. And until the government and the Department of Health take this very, very seriously, the situation in the southeast is probably going to deteriorate even further. The people of this country, the people of the southeast deserve better.
Okay, uh, that was independent Waterford Councillor Joe Kelly. You, Josh, you've articulated the problems. What are the solutions? Well, when I asked about what is being done to try and some way ease this up, the National Ambulance Service says that the NAS Capital Capacity Action Plan in the southeast is at level three, while the rest of the country remains at level two. Now, it has redeployed a community paramedic team to Wexford, and the National Ambulance Service has also agreed a referral pathway for paramedics into the Wexford Acute Medical Assessment Unit. We'll take a listen to paramedic Davy Ray again now, who we heard from at the start, and he touches off the issue of having private ambulances withdrawn. So I put this to the HSE, and it says an arrangement was in place to use private ambulances, which was due to end on the 31st of March. It was then extended to run up to the June bank holiday weekend public holiday weekend due to the service um, being under pressure but that's all I have on that. There's nothing about this private ambulance coming back in anytime soon but now Davey told me that it's not just the general public who've been left waiting for an ambulance for long periods as he has had an experience out on a call himself. Personally it happened to me myself that one night uh, I went in to do my night duty and they had no one to go with me so I just responded as a solo responder in a rapid response vehicle and one of the calls I got was in Wexford Town and I had to wait three to three and a half hours for an ambulance to come from Kilkenny. Now that's not a nice place to be. And the distress that I felt personally for myself but also that I felt for the family. Like it didn't take four hours for the ambulance to drive from Kilkenny but by the time they delivered the patients they had done their handover they were the next available crew to become available for that call. Up to a couple of weeks ago, the HSE had employed the private ambulances to do some more general work for us, like, you know, to take the pressure off us, like transfers from one hospital to another hospital, which really did alleviate a lot of pressure because instead of having our ICO vehicles doing that work, we had the private ambulances doing them, and which would have taken more pressure off the National Ambulance Service, which initially would lead to quicker call-out times. But unfortunately, within the last three weeks, that service has been withdrawn. For what reasons, I don't know. It has been withdrawn by the HSE. What have you been told when you inquired? Like you're under one of your most high pressure levels and then this lifeline is taken away it's probably for a grade that'll be above my level for, like in the, for those discussions to go on now I don't know why or for what reason it was taken out but obviously somebody somewhere along the line didn't see the need for it anymore but as the people of Wexford are, are suffering unfortunately and the staff and the National Ambulance Service are, are suffering because there's more pressure on us to do the cause that we're supposed to be doing That's uh, David Ray of the Wexford Ambulance Service and SIP2 uh, from Wexford, uh, wrapping up that report by Josh Crosby. Really, really important. And Niall, a former paramedic, has texted in, resources are not the issue with the ambulance service, it's the refusal of the ambulance service to triage the calls and refuse nonsense calls. Interesting. Thank you, Josh Crosby.